quite sure how tonight's going to go. We're just going to trust the Spirit of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, even after our short little clip, just leave the lights like this. In fact, maybe just slightly you can take down the big can lights when you get a chance. I found a clip for you. It's very short. It's very old. It's black and white. It's uh, about a minute, maybe a minute and four seconds old. And it's at the end of the ministry of Kathleen Coleman. How many of you know Kathleen Coleman? Okay, Kathleen Coleman was mightily used by the power of God. And I spent um, quite a bit of time looking into her life. Used to order special stuff from her ministry long after she passed away. I think she passed away in 1976. She had her flaws, she had her mistakes, and she had her failures. But she certainly seemed to love God and love God the Holy Ghost like no other that I had ever seen. And even in the in this little clip, you might think that lady looked weird. That was one of the things about her. She looked odd, and people backed away just because she was odd. But listen to what she has to say. I know people think I'm odd. People think I'm weird. Uh, they just do. But listen to what she has to say. This is the type of person that I believe God is looking for to stay in the church. Hopefully you can hear that. That's the key. If I'm up there thinking, God, I have so much any different back. It's about time you chose me. I mean, listen, I am talking about the Spirit of God, God the Holy Ghost. Actually, the whole preaching gamut, the whole thing, the Word of God. That it, this is so far beyond <clears throat> the responsibility of Presenting the word of God. Are you kidding me? What man can do that? What person can actually look themselves in the mirror? That is I will run. And so the heart that God is looking for, God, and I don't have anything. So God, if you can use nothing, here's what I want. What can we do what's going on here? What can we rally up a few votes for a certain candidate? Really, what can we do? So it is absolutely astonishing. Even at the second, I'm about to dive into the kingdom of the Spirit of God, like I know. How important this is. That is where our faith and trust comes from. The Spirit of God can come and bear witness to our hearts. And that it's your job to adjust that so that the Spirit of God gets Opening text is simple. Ephesians 4.30. Something about Scripture you should do. You guys remember Pastor Bendel? Hopefully, maybe you can get him out here in May. Maybe he'll do the last man to man into Sunday service. He always taught, don't ever just take a scripture out 
always read at least three scriptures before and three scriptures after. So you get the feel and the context why that's in there. Not just pick it out, because that's something you like to do. So we're going to get into that later. But the, the text is this one. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Such a command. Don't do it. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. Same scripture, New Living Translation. Simply says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Here's the key. This is where it is. By the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved in the day of redemption. Don't sorrow the Holy Spirit by the way you we are living in a dispensation that we do as Christians what we want. Thereby, we are grieving the Spirit of God greatly in this nation. And as you look at the nation, look at our leaders, look at some of the laws they pass, you can see the result of the church grieving the Spirit of God and doing what it wants as the Spirit of God backs away. From our nation. It's the truth. Now, <clears throat> as I was studying this and already feeling overwhelmed to be able to speak on the Spirit of God, I came across some writings that I'm just going to share with you. And it's by Spurgeon, who's been declared maybe one of the greatest preachers ever. So I'm looking at that as I'm sitting in my office and I thought, yeah, let me hear what Spurgeon has to say. I want to see if I can find out. And so he says this, there are many ways to grieve the Holy Spirit. We can neglect holiness and grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy is in his name. Holy Spirit. We can think in purely materialistic terms and grieve the Holy Spirit. And we live in the most materialistic country. He goes on and says, The Spirit exalts Jesus. When we fail to do the same, we grieve the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is in me to exalt Jesus to me. Remember, Paul says, What? Know ye not? You're the temple of the... And so when you take this temple and you do something... Does not, that, that does not bring edification and exaltation to the Lord. The Spirit inside of you goes, oh no. Remember, He's not a wimp. He's the power of God. And remember, you don't use the Spirit of God or command it. If you're fortunate and blessed, He'll use you. He commands you. Virgin goes on and says, I think I now see the Spirit of God grieving. 
When you are sitting down to read a novel, and there's your Bible unread, <clears throat> you have no time for prayer, but the Spirit sees you very active about worldly things and having many hours to spare for relaxation and amusement. And then he is grieved because he sees that you love worldly things better than you love God. Oh man, that is true. That is true. And we fall into that. We, we really do. We fall into that. With the world and what they offer. And Jim Cimbala said something Wednesday night, and I can't quite remember how it was. I thought he was going to go into that, you know, if it's new thing. Not true. First, I thought he was going to say something absolutely different than what I said. Not that Tim had bad, but he was talking about something new isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if it pulls you in a different direction, it's bad. Who would you cut that or remember that or something like that? Meaning, and, and, and I cannot help but think of the one or two, I think it is, on American Idol that are singing in church choirs and singing for God and a worship leader. And I'm hoping he gets kicked off. Not a bad thing, you know, make a record. But it's going to pull him in a different direction going down the path that Whitney Houston sang in a church choir called New Hope in New Jersey. And that's what happens to us. We get pulled away. We get pulled away into things for the kiddies, and they sap your time. They just do with all the extracurricular things that you think as American mommy and daddy you should do while you have never deprived your kids of that. But we do, uh, we do, just saying like it is. So Spurgeon goes on and says, although the word grieve is a painful one, and make sure you get this one off. Please Lord help me with this. He goes, although the word grieve is a painful one, yet there is honey in the rock. For it is a deeply delightful thought that he who rules heaven and earth and is the creator of all things and the infinite and ever-blessed God condescends to enter into such an infinite relationship with his people that his divine mind may be affected by their actions. What? A marvel that deity should be said to grieve over the faults of being so utterly insignificant as I am. Yet he grieves over me when I push aside. Now I gotta get into that stuff to say it's okay to watch games once in a while. It's okay to. You ladies, to 
gather up and go somewhere and have some fun and look at things that guys would rather not look at. All them crafts and all. I don't have to go there, do I? Do you guys? Is that amazing statement that Almighty God, who speaks out the stars and creates them by the breath, then can look at a peon, a thing like me, and his feelings be moved on me? I just said, when's he going to get it? like, what? Now, I always had this fantasy. I mean, I would like to talk always to these. I used to pray for um, Muhammad Ali all the time. Cassius Clay, I think he was before. Just to be able to talk to him. But see, I'm so unknown and insignificant. He wouldn't give me the time of day if I bumped into him. Like Tiger Woods. Let me just, can I just talk to you? He's not going to stop. Oh, Joe, yeah, what? Almighty God can be moved, pushed to sorrow because I'm not getting it. If that doesn't make you go, ooh. He goes on and says this, sin everywhere must be displeasing to the spirit of holiness. Can you imagine? I used to think one of the first things God dealt with me was a foul mouth. And I had that thought, and I'm sure the spirit of God gave me that thought, that God hears every curse word from every person that ever lived on this earth. Just like I said, look, all of us, for just for a few minutes, let's all pray for Mark. And God hears this little roar from just this one person. How about all the billions in the world and all the different languages cursing filthy mouths? How could that not grieve God who made your mouth, gave you the ability to speak, be able to form words and speak? <clears throat> sin everywhere must be displeasing to the spirit of holiness, he says. But sin in his own people is grievous to him in the highest degree. I know now I shouldn't talk like that. I know now that those words should not come out of my mouth, or that I should not wear them on a shirt, or I should not hang out in certain places, or do certain... I know that now. I know that. I know God has said, be ye holy, for I am holy. I know God has said to me, be ye separate sanctified, peculiar unto me and me alone. I know that. How much more grievous is that to God? Before I knew that and just did whatever. So he says, sin everywhere must be displeasing to the spirit of holiness, but sin in his own people is grievous to him in the highest degree. He will not hate his people, but he does hate their sins and hates them all the more because they nestle in his children's bosoms. Sin. The spirit would not be the spirit of truth if he could approve of that which is false in us. He would not be pure if that which is impure in us did not grieve him. 
It seems to be the dispensation, but we want to do whatever we want to do. Spirit of God, like I was talking to you about to you this morning, when I would get those certain emails, ding, and they'd always nail me. I thought, that's the Spirit of God doing it. Back when I was newly saved, reading my, my Bible with my Budweiser. Ruth never said nothing. Pastor Bender never said nothing. Just preached the Word of God and fallen in love with God. I'm telling you, as God is my judge, one day I went... It's like a great revelation to me. Wow, these don't go together. Today, we're trying to make them go together. That's exactly the way it is. This is a grief in the highest degree to God and the Spirit of God. Then he goes on and says, The Holy Spirit grief is not of a petty, oversensitive nature. He is grieved with us mainly for our own sakes, for he knows what misery sin will cost us and reads our sorrows in our sin. He grieves over us because he sees how much chastisement we incur and how much communion we lose with him. It's the same, and I go by that flag. That is awesome. Oh, my gosh, what's happened to our nation? That's what God does. That is awesome. They love me, and they're worshiping me. Oh, what are they doing that now for? It's the same thing. This is what grieving the Spirit of God is when we live different. So, it's found in Ephesians 30, so we're going to go up. I was going to read the whole chapter to you, but I don't have to do that. You've got a Bible just like mine. You can read that chapter anytime you so desire. But we're going to look at Ephesians 4, 17. We're going to make our way down. This is a number of scriptures before grieving the Spirit of God. And so he says this, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind. Now we're talking about having the power of God, the Holy Ghost, come back to his house. And so there in Ephesians we find that scripture, don't sorrow, don't grieve the Spirit of God. So then we look up and say, what's he talking about? How can I do that? If you really want to know... See, and God's going to step all over your fun things that you think's all right to do. And I've told you before, to my shame, I thought it was awesome being Italian until God busted me on it. Because of my reasons weren't pure. And he stuck his holy finger in my face and said, No, I want you to be a Christian. I want you to be a man of God. And you've got to do something with that. Verse 18 says, having the understanding darkened. That's what happens to us, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. How many times have you heard me, God, open up the eyes of his heart? These eyes see, but they don't see. God, open up the eyes of our hearts so that we can see. 
Verse 19 says, who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. That means unbridled lust. That's our nation. Unbridled lust. They even make cartoons filthy now. I can't remember what it was called, but there was, it was Beth, you might remember this. Remember, they were just like almost humorous. They were like clay figures, and it was David and Goliath. And then, and then it was, they, they wouldn't even talk funny, but they, and it, was, it was all David and Goliath, and I think whoever did that sold that, and whoever took it over uses it for filth now. Unbridled lust. Billions in abortion. Billions in pornography. This is what we live in. And this is what Ephesians is talking about. Then you can move down to verse 22 and he starts to talk to you and I that you put off. Some things you need to put off. In other words, some things you need to stop. That you put off concerning the former conversation of the, uh, the, the old man. How you used to talk, blankety blank. Put it off. Or maybe how you would flirt or throw in innuendos to people you have no business. God says, put that off. Or the passing of lewd and ridiculous jokes in the factory. Maybe you were the passer outer. And God says, put that stuff off. Or in a factory and you open up the locker filled with naked women. Put it off. Holy Spirit. That you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. True holiness. Not fake holiness. All right, all ladies, give me all your red dresses. You're not allowed to wear red. Give me all your earrings, all your makeup, all your lipstick. That's man-made, phony holiness. True holiness, where God moves upon you. You're not even thinking, maybe you're just getting dressed for church and you just think, I don't feel good in it. I don't feel right. Or a certain way you used to act. Hope, line, and seeker. And God says, What are you doing, act? What are you doing? God says, Put that stuff off and put on the new man now. Put it off. Take it off, and you put on the new now. You do this. So we're talking about grieving, and we're going. We're making our way to it. And look what it's talking. Look what it's bringing out. It's bringing up our conduct, the way we live, the way we act. Ephesians four twenty five says, "Wherefore put away lying." Call pulls you over. As whenever he looks down on his thing, you heard him clip your seatbelt. He walks up and, yeah, that seatbelt on. Yeah, you're lying. 
No, I didn't. And the American way is, because you told the truth, God's going to move upon his brain and not write you a ticket. No, you're going to get busted, and you'll probably pay for it. It is true. Put away lying. Lying. Speak every man truth. This is what I was talking about this morning. How awesome would this be in the house of God, in just this church right here? Just this one. Where everyone suffers wrong rather than defame the move of God or slap Jesus across the face by bickering or moaning or complaining, or this place is stupid. I'm gonna... How wonderful would it be? When I first came into a house of God like this, I told Ruth, a bunch of phonies, bunch of fakes. I said, or you found the real thing. That was me. As lost as, as you could be, hard-hearted as you could be. I told you I had two friends, and I thought that was one too many. Bringing Ruth to the window of the house saying, I don't care if they're fighting out there as long as they don't bleed on my grass. It's the truth. Walking over people that fell, Ruth wants to help them, help them. I say that to my shame. Verse 26 says, be ye angry. We got that one down. But you can't stop. And sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Who's ever gone to bed mad at your wife or husband? Whoever woke up and said, honey! That doesn't work. <laughs> tried it. <laughs> you have. You've either tried it or your problem is you're too hard-headed and didn't want it and just stood, you just lingered on the very teeter, the edge of your bed. I'll show her. That's the truth. You're laughing because you're guilty. So God says, be angry and sin not. We can't do that without the Spirit of God. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Listen to this. Neither, neither give place to the devil. That's what you're doing when you're angry. You're giving place. That stuff happens in here. Move, Spirit of God, move. He's going, what? These people over here are teetering on the ends of their pew with the back hoping you don't even come near them. And they're, you know how we are. The devil's work is to accuse and divide the family of God and to sow discord among them. He's done it by denominations. You remember what we said about denominations? Take $100 bills, $50 bills, 20, 10s, 5s, and 1s, and a big lump if you could ever, ever, ever get that, and dump it out on your table, and you start putting it in the numerical denominator. You're dividing them. You're moving all the fives from them, all the ones from them, all the ten. That's what God has done to us. You have the Baptists, you have the Presbyterians, you have whatever we are, you have. And they're all, no fives want to mix with the tens. What's that five? What? Denominations. It divides. And that's what the enemy has done. He has divided us, so now he's tempting to divide us some more. 
It's what he does. It's just what he does. Have you heard some horrible things? No, you're here. I'm here. That's what happens. That's what we do. Without the Spirit of God, without God really moving in our life, the devil's work is to accuse. He's out accusing and attempting to divide us to make us weaker. And the stronger the Spirit of God moves, and the more we cry out to God, and the more people show up even on Wednesday, expect the devil all the more. Expect him. Gosh, yes. And when we harbor anger in our heart, the enemy can go on vacation because we're doing the work for him. We're doing it for him. He's just sitting back somewhere. Look at these people, man. Uh, I got a, a 400 employees. Look at them. Ephesians 4.28, as we make our way even closer, this is all about our conduct and how we are and how we treat one another. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, work. But that which is good to the, uh, oops, I'm going to skip this. Work with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to them that needeth. Just was saying that to someone. She said, man, get a job. Have a job. Have a job. So when you, when you go buy something, BY something, and you say, man, I'd really like to have that, you can just get it. Instead of trying to steal it or manipulate or lie or just work. So God even tells us, don't steal, but rather labor working with your hands. Even at times where you just want to bless somebody, you can. We've done this and had it done to us. Sitting in a restaurant, all the way over the other side. Ruth always encouraged me, pay for them, pay for them. And we don't go, hey, it's on us. <laughs> That's what we do. We want to be noticed for those things. Bible in verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. We're talking about grieving the Spirit of God. To move God, to, to the power of God to be set free in this place that He can do unbelievable, miraculous things. God said, Don't have corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying is building up. All right, who can I pick on that won't hurt your feelings? Okay, I saw Don King's hand. I was looking for someone that sang. Thanks, Don. Yeah, you stink, Don. You missed that whole note. You forgot them words. What's the matter with you? Or to just bless him, Don. I love it when you're up there singing. I don't even care if you hit the right note. Just God, just to see a big man, burly man, strong man singing for God by himself, not hiding in a choir. Don, that's great. That's edifying. And that's what God says to do. But that which is good to the use of edifying, listen, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, just like it did to you. Because you're going, yes, amen, that's right. That's 
not, you can't come up here because you can't hit the right note. Get off. Verse 30, here it is. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So my little peon of understanding of the word, how I conduct my life and my affairs in front of you and not in front of you, with my wife, in the intimacy of our own relationship, in the privacy of our own house, with God alone, drive my car, pay my bills, speak to the people at the cash register, whatever has a whole lot to do to the grieving of the Spirit of God. I'm going, oh my goodness, 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 goodness. We are living in a day and age that's just opposite of everything I just read to you. Do what you want, when you want, how you feel like, whatever it is. You, you're your own high priest. You set your own rules now. Drinking's okay. Running around's okay. Divorce is okay. Cussing's okay. Blank. It's the truth. I did that so much that when the words in here that I used to use, I, I, re, I don't want to say them. I don't want to hear my voice saying them. I hated my, the way I was so much. I don't even write Joe DiVincenzo. That's why I write Joseph now on things. Because I hated that Joe, the way he was, and what he did, and what he represented, and what he meant to me. And so when I see something about the donkey, I say donkey. Even though King James says, I don't want to say it. I don't want to even hear myself say it. That's just me. I understand that. But that's where I've come from and what I was and what I was known for. Big, tough Italian. Now I'm saying, God, please, I don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. I don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. God, if you want me to pick up that shirt, I'll pick it up. And God always goes, no, that's all right. It was just a test. What's he do? Pick it up. Yes, Lord. Can he trust you to pick up a Gabriel's cut-rate T-shirt that maybe no one will buy and put back on the hanger? On the... If he can start to do that, he might start to trust you with the power of God the Holy Ghost. If he can't even trust you, for you to, your gum wrapper, you go, oh, sorry, God. And you go look for the gum wrapper. Have you ever been sent on a little search looking for the gum wrapper that you threw somewhere? Thinking, sorry, God. When everyone goes, don't be silly. It's not silly. And so God tells us this whole, everything that I read from Spurgeon lines up with what I was thinking and then seeing all this in Ephesians has to do with how we treat one another in this place, outside of this place, conduct life, every aspect. It grieves the Spirit of God. Now I'm not even talking about watching unbelievable filth. I mean, that shouldn't even be in this conversation. Not even in it. But if you ever just go to the movies or you're at home and say, let's go check out this October baby. Now that's a Christian, so you shouldn't have any problems there. But you just go to a movie. You heard it's really good. Uh, 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 you listen? A lot of times, church people, 
tell me. You got to see this. It's good. 15 minutes into it, Ruth and I are looking at each other. You want to leave? Or we don't leave. And the Spirit of God goes, oh, man. Oh, I forget what the name of the sh one movie was. It was a guy movie. I think I said it already to you one time. Oh, yeah. It was called, I think it was called The Gray. Please don't tell me you saw it, please. I'm serious, you're laughing. I said, Ruth, this is a guy movie. This is not a chick flick. This is not no hope floats. I said, this is where wolves tear apart guys that are lost. In the, this is a cool dude movie. I never just go to the movies. I go to a Christian site and screen it all the time, all the time. It had 144 F words. I never even seen it that high before on that. Now, did I have to go pray to see if I have to be led? I mean, it's just that's where this is what you live in, and the enemy, it's like, what's that stuff that when I got my knee, in fact, Dr. Saunders was here this morning, he operated on my knee, okay? And I remember being wheeled down. And, um, you know, never been in the gurney. I'm always over top of the people praying for them. Never been in a gurney. All right? And I remember being wheeled down, going through the doors. No more Ruth. Like, where's Ruth? Lights going. I'm going, oh, please, God. I'm having a minor thing. Minor. But that's just the way. And I remember being pulled up to something. It was just another, I guess, where they, where they actually do the surgery. And they just said, scoot over on this. And I scooted over. And then it was, hello, you're done. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know how I got back to that room. Okay? That's what the enemy does to us. From the convicting finger of God where you used to go, oh, no, I won't do that, God. Now God's going, a hundred and forty-four F words, and you're thinking of going to see it? Or if you saw it? Now listen to this last verse. You don't even have to put it up, Angie. I'd rather you not. But they rebelled. I'm going to see it. It's 2012. I can handle it. I hear those F words all the time. Isaiah says, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Listen, please. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy. And he fought against them. Are you kidding me? God, 40 years I've been doing this. You're my enemy? You fought against me? If we rebel, you vex his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and fought against them. You can show them that scripture. It's the Word of God. The Holy Spirit can become the church's enemy. The dunamos, the dynamite of God, 
can become our enemy and fight against us. The grieving of the Spirit of God is how you conduct your life. You see, because He's with you all the time. You're home, you know, praising, I mean, you're here, you're praising God, and you've got the glory. And the blood has given me my victory. And you're at home, and you're blanking at your wife. You're sunk. You hit an iceberg, and you'll be at the bottom in two hours and 12 minutes. You see, how you live and how you conduct yourself affects us all. Well, I guess I better just leave. Is that what God would want? Or would he want you to run to this altar? We have prayed for years and still pray. God, whoever you send us, they must be sent by you. We're not going to chase them. We're not going to beg them. We're not going to promise them. They've got to come by the leading of the Spirit of God. And God, when we lay out the Word of God, this is what we want. We want you to do, God. This is what we feel God wants us to do, to lay out the Word of God like I am today, that you either run to the altar or you run out the door. I don't say that haughty. Yeah, get out. No, 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 no. But we want the Spirit of God to be here so much that you can't just twiddle your thumbs here. doesn't bother me. I don't care. And you sit here unmoved. That is a Spirit-filled church. And you are to be Spirit-filled believers. Spirit-filled that you used to be a fool and act like this and talk like this and you're and now you don't. Spirit-filled. God did it. Told you I was drunk when I got saved because I liked beer. I liked drinking beer. I loved beer. I don't know if I wouldn't declare myself an alcoholic. No, I, no, I don't think I ever crossed that line. I know that's what alcoholics say, but I never believe that I, that I went that far. But I drank it because I liked it. I got saved, had about a nine-month wrestle with God, came to that point where I went, man, listen. And I just simply said, God, if you take it away, I won't. Now, I don't even know much about God, and so I got all this booze, not that much. I didn't have lots, but a couple bottles of this and that. I thought, I'll give them to my dad. Because he had a little bar in his little basement. I mean, you know, some of this booze is expensive. I'll just give it to my dad. And I don't even know if I even got that far as ever leaving the house. I don't think so. But when I thought, yeah, I'll give this to my dad. And then I thought, well, that's stupid. And then I remember the scripture in the word of God where it says what? Woe unto you that give your neighbor drink. Now, was that, is that for real? Yeah, it's for real. And so I took the booze and down the drain it went. Served God for another six, seven, eight, nine months. Things don't always go too swell. Went to my old Italian bar again. Still know what I ordered. I ordered, I forget what they called it, but it was mozzarella cheese would be melted in a bowl. It would just form inside the bowl and they'd have spaghetti sauce and meatballs. 
with Italian bread. All I had to do was walk in. His name was Chinch Quinque. He knew exactly what I wanted. Had the beer, just slid it there. The foam's going over the side, just like it always does. Where you been, brothers? Oh, you know, busy. I've been serving God for nine months. I didn't tell him that. Bread. Man, it was good as always. Drank the beer. Went, kind of barked at him. Said, man, clean your glasses. It's filthy. So gave me a breath. Sorry, brother. Gave me another one. He used to call me brother before I knew there was real brothers. <laughs> Tried to drink it again. It tasted horrible. And all of a sudden, looking around, it looked like I was in a cave with moss and the walls were all wet. I just pushed everything aside and said, see you. God did that. The Spirit of God took what I liked and got rid of it for me. God did that. I haven't had one since. And that's almost 40 years ago. Oh, I wish I could. No, I don't. I don't even think about it. And they do all those commercials. They don't bother me. God just takes it. That's the Spirit of God. God, the Holy Ghost, does stuff like that. This is the God that must be in this place because we fall into all those traps and things that the world has. And all the lusts there are because of this carnal nature that lusts after things. And God said, I will come above that, and I will come in you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes, and I will cause you. If you're drinking, it's because you want to. If you're not serving God, it's because you don't want to. That's what God the Holy Ghost does. Let's stand. Bible talks about people that tremble at his word. That word that's still up there on the screen, that's one to tremble over. That's one to tremble over, to think God co-equal with the Son and the Father now looks at you as his enemy. And the reason why is you, you, cause, you continue to bring disgrace to the one he exalts. Jesus it says, but when the comforter is come, that's the Holy Ghost, whom I will send unto you, that's Jesus talking, from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. That's what the Spirit of God does. Oh, just love your Jesus, love your Lord. He's awesome. He's wonderful. To, he's everything to you. That's the Spirit of God's job. The Spirit of truth. And you see things. And you say, whoa. It says, woe unto me to give my neighbor drink. I ain't giving my dad drink. I knew a fellow. I don't know what he's like now, serving God or not. But he, he drove truck. And his whole job was to de deliver beer all around distributors drove to him. And he couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it anymore. And his children weren't of age to work. And he just walked in and quit. Because of God and the holiness of God. It wasn't long. God got him another job. And he was driving for 
think it was called Sexton Food at that time. I don't know if it's even alive anymore up in but he used to drive, and he said, I just can't do this. Bringing all that beer, going into all those places and all those dyes, and that smell that they all have. And he was a powerful drinker, more than me. And he got right with God, said, I got I to gotta quit. I got to quit. That's what the Spirit of God does. That's the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do... Maybe we can just, I don't know if you can find it real fast, if I'm going to interrupt what your plans are, but that, just that song, I don't know if it's sung by Hillsong or what, Holy Spirit rain down, that the power over your church and over my life, then we'll make a mark for God in this county, in this city, in this state, and who knows, maybe the nation. Because nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? You have that song?